Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Here I am back for my audio blog. I'm Hari Kulsa, and I'm here doing my audio blog on the journey with my mom through assisted living and hospice. And if you've been listening, uh, if you've listened to the other ones, you're kind of getting an idea what it's like when someone you love is in this situation. Um, here I am in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, where today I didn't know if I was going to actually be able to do the blog or I was going to have to go find a place because electricity went off. Oh, my goodness. And it was out everywhere. I was out walking all the main streets, the lights were out, so it's quite exciting here, but that meant I had no Wi-Fi where I was staying, and so, uh, but here we are, we're on, thank goodness, but I'm just letting you know, if for some reason this, suddenly I stop, it's because the electricity went back off again, who knows why, anyway, so, the last few days, my mother you know, here, I've been thinking a lot. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, hospice. That's really what I'm focused on. I really, this weekend, my mother was having a very difficult time. And part of what hospice does is that they regulate the medications. There are several, there are many medications that, uh, that, 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 that the dying, when you're dying, help you, like pain medicine. People are often in pain and, and they need they need something because it's difficult to be in pain and and deal with the active be actively dying. So I now have a twelve hour aid at night, if you remember, for my mother, and that twelve hour aid is really wonderful. And I went over on Saturday night about well, it wasn't really night; it was early evening, around seven seven thirty. I like to go about that time and see what's happening with my mom. And I went in the room and she was really agitated and she couldn't, st- you know, her mantra the, at that the last few days has been, I want to die. I want to die. I want to see my, your, your dad. I want to see my husband. I want to die. How can you help me? Help me, help me. And no matter what you say to her, it doesn't seem to, you know, relax her maybe for a minute or so. And so I've, I thought, and, and the aide said, well, and he's been doing this for 39 years. He said, well, maybe, you know, the medications aren't working properly. So I was getting very anxious about everything because she seemed so agitated and upset. And she's on anti-anxiety medicine and she's on pain medicine for her headaches and her body pain. But nothing, you know, she, it didn't really seem to be touching her. And she also has what we call PRN meds, which are medications that can be given when, you know, when needed. And those are even more anti-anxiety or more pain. Or So I didn't know what to do. So I called, 
as I may, I called a hospice nurse, and a good hospice is going to be really available to you. They should have on-call people that can come at any time or at least talk to you or get in touch with whoever you need to get in touch with. So I talked to the hospice nurse, and being, you know, here it was a real interesting experience for me because I'm a nurse practitioner, which means I have an understanding of medical, of medications and medical situations. And, but I'm also the daughter, and I'm also more emotionally involved. So I started to talk about, well, maybe we should change this med. And I was talking to the hospice nurse, and I was trying to get cues from her. And you know, because I'm a nurse practitioner, they kind of defer to me. And all the and and I said, well, maybe we should stop. You know, just stop the Lord the pain med just for tonight. Give her the sleeping pill and see how she does. So. That seemed to go over okay, and the nurse actually came out. She came. She said, do you want me to come? I said, oh, could you? You know, things are so discombobulated. And so so she came, and we talked, and then I left, and she stayed and talked to the nurses, and that's part of her job. Well, that about 6 o'clock, well, it's probably 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, I get a call from Eric, and he had waited. He didn't realize that I was probably up doing my yoga meditation, but he called and said, it's been the worst night ever. The worst night ever. She was up at least 30 times. She 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 was so agitated, hallucinating, crying out. And I was like, oh, man. So I went right over. And he also said that the nurse, they're supposed to check on my mom. And she's got meds that can be given at, medications that can be given at night. And the nurse didn't come up. So I got there and I, I could see she was completely agitated completely, completely agitated, just, I want to die, I want to die, help me, help me. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. So I went out, and I was really annoyed that no one could bother to give her any medicine. I mean, the nurse had just said, so I I went out, and I started looking. I was going downstairs to find the nurse, and the, and the manager of the floor came up, and I said, Ted, Ted, you know, this is what happened. And he said, "Well, I just heard a report, and the doc and the nurse said that my mother was asleep all night. And luckily, the aide who worked for the facility said, "Oh no, 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 no! The aide that was on the floor all night said, no, I was in there a lot helping Eric.' So that really concerned me. But you know, again, take your battles. So I said no, and I went, and I, he called the nurse that was on for the day, and they brought up medicine." Meanwhile, I I was just beside myself. I stayed with my mother because Eric, the, her, the aide that I hired, leaves at seven, and I was concerned. So I stayed till uh, till about eight eight thirty, and she seemed to she the medication didn't really quiet her down. She was very rough. I actually just held her in bed, held her, um, kind of got into bed with her as much as I could because it's a small bed and just held her for a while because she was just so so agitated and anxious and I was getting I I was like I can't do all this this is this is this is way too much for me I can't do this and so I said okay I've got this geriatric care manager Lydia who's great they need to take care of it because I just need to deal with my mom so anyway what what I realized at that point there's two things that I realized one is is that there's a difference between when you have hospice in the home and when you have hospice in a facility. Because at a facility, the doctors write the order 
and then the nurses give the medicine. And what's lacking, and then when with hospice, then there's another layer because the hospice doctor takes over, writes the meds. The hospice doctor uh, nurses come in and and oversee my mother's care. And the facility nurses bring the medicines. But there doesn't seem to be anyone, even though the nurses for the facility are there and know my mother, to watch to what's going on. Like, for instance, is some of her pain because she's getting pain meds and she's not going to the bathroom, having good poops? You know, because that'll make someone feel terrible and she can't express herself anymore. So there's this disconnect between when you're in a facility, it's something to remember. Is yeah, hospice may be communicating with the nurses, but are they? Do they think that they don't have to be involved anymore? Well, they're they're on site. So anyway, what the hospice? So my geriatric care manager decided this this was an issue that was kind of hurting my mother, and so hospice. She talked to hospice, and she's going to talk because it was a weekend, and nothing gets changed on weekends in terms of policy or anything, and she's going to talk to the nurse nurse director today uh, during the week. And so so we'll see if there can't be someone, you know, if someone's getting a medicine and they're not doing well on it, then maybe they need to report that to somebody. But the nurse, so it's, again, you have to stay on it. And I have people that can help me stay on it because at this point it's getting to be a little too much for me. And the other thing that I realized is, and something really beautiful that the hospice nurse said to me, I said, wow, this is really hard to watch. And and the hospice nurse said to me, yes, it's a lot of work to die. And I never, you know, we have this sort of idea or, or hope that we'll just, you know, many of us will just go to sleep and die. We won't have the work to do. But I think that's a myth that we we've created I suppose some that does happen to many people, to some people. But the majority of people, it's a journey. And it's a journey that we have no, no, no sense of reference to. There's no evidence-based. We live in a world of evidence-based medicine. There's no evidence-based dying. We don't know what goes on. We don't, we don't have any, any, any point of reference. Like when my mother says she's in pain, or whatever she's going through is in terms of her dying, I don't, it's not something that I can necessarily know because it's a world that I'm not, it's something I can't, I'm not experiencing and, it, and I can't experience it because I'm here on this planet in my body alive. And my mother's begun her journey. And I was talking to my husband about this because it was like, wow, this is so, this is so difficult to watch. And he said, you know, and we were talking about how there's no point of reference for us. And there's, there's no book. I mean, people write books about dying, but we have no idea what that journey's like. I mean, we can, we, we think, you know, you know, look for the light. Well, that's just something we've heard over time. And maybe that's very true. I imagine that's true. I mean, we all watch the ghost whisperer or some of us did, you know, at times. And, yeah, there was light and people walked through it. I'm sure that's part of it. And people who have come back from death experience have, have said that. 
But we don't know what it takes to get there. We don't know what work people do to allow themselves to die. And that's like such a, an, an, an interesting thing to think about is that as much as I want to help my mother, you know, with all my spiritual practice and my meditations and everything that I can do, I can't really help her. And that was, I can help her by loving her. I can help her by making sure she's comfortable. I can help her by keeping her safe. I can help her by keeping her environments peaceful. But that's all I can do. The other part is not something I can help with. And it's such an individual journey. And it's like when you ask them, well, what's happening? They can't. I imagine that most people can't explain it. There's no research. There's no data. Nobody comes back and says, well, duh, 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 this is what happened. I mean, people have been, you know, their hearts have stopped for a certain amount of time and said this, but it's different when you know your body, you're dying, and what the what you have to do. We just don't even have an idea. And it's something I've, I've really started thinking about because I can feel my mother's frustration. I, I don't know if it's so much frustration, but how do you answer her questions? When she says, help me, help me, I don't know who, I realized, who is she really talking to? Is she talking to to someone, a spirit or an angel or Jesus or whoever, or my father? And I try to help her when she asks, but, you know, all I can do is hold her hand and help her. That's, you know, just be there. And and that's the part that that I think we've lost in translation we've lost that's like we've lost to be able to understand that there isn't a whole lot we can do because it is work and i remember just the other day when one of our conversations was god um you know she said well talk to god and she said well i did and he says i gotta work and i think there must be some kind of work to get there so anyway, that's what's going on. It's kind of an interesting process. It's been a tough few days, and that's what happens with hospice and when you're dealing with facilities. That's even more the case because you, I feel like I'm protecting my mother at all, you know, um, keeping her safe, keeping her from anything, just letting her die in, in a very peaceful environment, and that's the best I can do right now. So we'll see what the next few days bring. Um, and last night she had a good night because we doubled her her sleeping medicine, and that's what it takes sometimes. And that's what I'm going to do for her is keep her safe, keep her medicated, you know, and maybe I shouldn't, but it, it makes her more peaceful, and that's all I can ask for, that she's peaceful and smiles and feels good. Um, and she continues her journey. So thanks for listening. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy yourself and enjoy your loved ones. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.